Dan and Corey here, welcoming you into Libservative. copyright on this is there Corey? we're not gonna get uh oh i don't know we're not gonna get booted off of major social platforms i have no idea should be faded out watch the professional fade there we go that's that's uh that is the that's uh, a ten thousand dollar <laughs> fucking certificate from specs howard taught me that that just yeah that just showed showed people hey if you thought you wanted to fade. slit your wrist after 2020, listen to this. Listen to this beautiful rendition. <laughs> old, what is that? Old Lin Sang? That means old day is gone. Dude, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's the song everybody knows, but no one knows the words. <laughs> something about. That's the, why I did the instrumental. Something about something being forgot. Yeah. <laughs> old, oh, do, 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 something forgot. I'm assuming we're live. My screen's frozen on Facebook, so I, I really oh, we're have live. no idea. Okay. All right. Great. Well. We are live. Thank you for tuning in to Libservative. He's Corey Walsh. And he is Dan Griffin. This is our final installment of Libservative here uh, for the year 2021, and we're trying to keep it light. We're trying to have a little bit of a special episode, trying to talk about the good things as we head into a uh, a brand new year, I'm not going to, you know, nobody say things like 2022 is going to be my year because we all know that doesn't work. It doesn't. <laughs> fuck, the re- fuck the resolutions. I almost said fuck the revolution. I've already, <laughs> nope, don't say that. I've already had, I've already had one, too many, one too many martinis, so I'm drinking a oh, dirty... Oh, dad's drunk again. I'm drinking another dirty martini, Corey. <laughs> what are you celebrating. It's New Year's. What do you got? It's what what you got Eve. over there? All right, so I'm drinking some champagne. Mm. You know, <laughs> the champagne of beers. And then I also have myself, my brother got this for me. Shout out to Walsh the second, Larry. Because mm. uh, I'm the first, I guess, because I was the firstborn. But it's this Howler head, but it's, and it's a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, but it has natural banana flavors. That sounds. So it's no whiskey like I've had before. That sounds terrible. It's, <laughs> it's okay. I mean, it's. I think it tastes good. Everyone's like, that tastes rough. And it made me question like my chemical substance, uh, like reliance. Just in case, like, just is, in case you wanted smooth. a little potassium in your bourbon. Right. Like, there's some banana okay. in there. I am going to be washing the martini down though with, uh, some, uh, bullet 95 rye. Ooh. So it's that, that 95% rye mash. Uh, I have not had this yet. Your system. Yeah. Wait, what? So that'll clear the rust off of something. I think you're. I think I said your system, but I don't think you have rust in your system. No, I might though. My girl. I don't take the paint off the walls. My girlfriend is uh, ill with some sort of cold. Yes, we, she took a PCR test. She is negative. There's there there's. It's not COVID. Well, even if it was, I'm forty miles away from you. <laughs> I don't want to be called a piece of shit because what do you mean somebody got sick and didn't get tested? We always get oh, tested yeah. when we don't feel well. And uh, yeah, that's you're, not you're more apt on that than I am, Ethan. But I got like this little twinge now in the back of my throat. I don't know if it's all in my head just because she's been sick for three days or whatever. We'll find out tomorrow morning. Stay tuned. We're <laughs> a conservative. Make sure to keep all the windows open. Keep the room nice and cold. It's been so weird. Like like COVID, I think has done that to people because I really have actually been avoiding her like all week. Like she'll she, she'll she'll watch TV upstairs trying to make her you know trying to feel better, and I'm spending all the time in the basement you know at the pool table or whatever. Like stay away from me. Like it, it, like Excuse before me. before COVID, somebody got a cold. Like nobody cared. Like you just kind of whatever. You just lived your life. Your life is normal. Uh, I'll tell you when I was younger, I have probably had no problem of getting with a girl if she had the sniffles. <laughs> now it's like. Well, now I'm also I'm not just getting with girls. I'm I married, really but. thought you were going a different direction with that statement. Like I had no problem getting with a girl if I knew she had the clap. Didn't matter. I was going after it. That's <laughs> a shot for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, like if like you know you meet a girl and she's sick. Like you can tell she has a little bit of sniffles, but it's like I don't give a fuck. I really just want moisture around my crotchal region. <laughs> 
We're keeping it light. We're keeping it fun here. We're keeping it light. We're keeping it fun. It's New Year's. What, what do you expect? He's misog- what do you want from me? These misogynist dicks. Yeah, because yeah, just because you know a teenage boy wanting sex is somehow misogynist, even though, <laughs> even though I don't think I don't think the science or the biology on that has changed a whole lot over the last I don't know hundred thousand years. No, I don't think so. Not one bit. Um, I guess we'll start with the you know we're keeping it light, we're keeping it fun, all good, all good news on this uh, this episode of Libservative, the final of twenty twenty one. Ghislaine Maxwell, it's over. She's going to jail. And the joke that's already been made a million times, she's doing the thing that a good partner does and finishing her man's sentence. <laughs> Round of applause that's for that stupid joke. material right there. <laughs> a real, real girlfriend material. That's right enough. There. Put down the mic. <laughs> uh, but look, it, we predicted this, right? I guess this is the only kind of bad news of the, of the whole deal is that like, we got nothing out of it. No, nothing happened other than what we expected, which is that she went down for sex trafficking. And I don't even remember how many counts, but a multitude of, of counts. She's probably going to she's probably going to spend the rest of her life in jail. We didn't get anything about Bill Gates. We didn't get anything about Bill about the Clintons. We didn't get anything about Prince Andrew. Like none of that was ever going to happen. We were never going to see that. I got to tell you, the people that uh, you know, you know, kind of had control over this whole thing, whether it be. You know, the media or the legal system, they did a really good job of keeping it super tame and just like <laughs> making sure they covered all their friends' asses. Yeah, like all about what was only right in front of us here. And look, I'm not one of these people who I don't, I don't pretend to know. I think it's kind of silly to like to pretend to know, oh my God, Bill Gates is definitely a pedophile. Or oh my God, uh, you know, Prince Andrew is definitely a pedophile. There, there is some yeah. evidence to suggest that that may be true, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend. 100% definitively that those things are true. Right, but let's be honest. The overall, like... It doesn't look good. Silence of nobody talking about it, like, with our Congress or anything. And, yeah. like, what we all know that, like, this is the tip of an iceberg. The silence is deafening. And so far, I can only find one actual senator that's actually, like... Even though it does seem like it's definitely just a panda to his base, he's at least saying it. But Senator Ben Sass didn't, uh, said the verdict shouldn't be the end. And that uh, the DOJ needs to go after every single scumbag who committed crimes with Maxwell and Epstein. He was talking about uh, how the DOJ just failed at every turn. They let a guy who was trying to commit suicide commit suicide. and No, they didn't. Uh, all these different people. That's right. He did kill himself. <laughs> but did. that's what he was just saying, how like yeah, he was suicidal. I think it's almost like kind of putting the writing on the wall because he called out Barr. And he's like. After Epstein was found dead, this is uh, so. After Epstein was found dead in prison, Sass wrote. I'm on actually. I'm on the Daily Wire actually, which is kind of funny. Sass wrote to Attorney General William Barr criticizing the lack of precautions taken. The Department of Justice failed, and today Jeffrey Epstein's co-conspirators think they might have just gotten one last sweetheart deal. Wrote Sass. Every single person in the Justice Department, from your main Justice Headquarters staff all the way down to the night shift jailer, knew that this man was a suicide risk, and that his dark secrets couldn't be allowed to die within. Given Epstein's previous attempted suicide, he should have been locked in a padded room under unbroken, 24-7 constant surveillance. Obviously, heads must roll. So he's calling out the whole DOJ. He's like, you guys are the ones that are in charge of this, and you let this guy commit suicide. Right. And it's just, it's just interesting. And like, you know what? Thinking about it more, too. When we bring this up, we're both like, yeah, he's pandering to his base. Mm-hmm. And isn't that kind of like a sad knee-jerk reaction to the fact that he's actually calling out for something that could be potentially be good for society. Yeah. And we're just throwing it off like, ah, she's just pandering. Well, and here's, well, here's the reason I say that. Like if, if he actually follows through on this and we hear more from, uh, you said he's a Senator, right? Is he a Senator? Yeah. From Nebraska. Senator from Nebraska. I don't know. I don't know everything. Uh, Cornhuskers. If he actually does follow through on this, and we see some some more, and this isn't just a, a you know uh, an attempt to uh, rile up his base and maybe grab some more uh, people who don't like pedos to vote for him, uh, then okay, I, I'll change my mind on that. But like, that's how cynical we are of these two political parties. That I immediate, I, I immediately turn to. He's not going to do shit. He's just going to. He's just saying that because he wants, I want people to like me. 
Right. And that's the thing too. It's like Ghislaine Maxwell, like all of the people, like they had their fingers in this cookie jar that pulled them out just in time before the top latched down are probably going to get away with it because of the fact that when a Republican says, let's keep looking into this, Democrats are going to be like, oh, you're a fucking idiot. And I honestly haven't heard anything from Democrats about this. I could be wrong. The thing is, everybody's got something to lose. And and, and, and everybody's, we, we, we both know everybody's on the same team. Like, there's there's incriminating stuff about the Clintons. There's incriminating stuff about Trump. You know, and, and when, you, when, you, when you put in the fact that both of those things are true, or both, at least that there's incriminating things directed at, at both, you know, power players in each party, right? It right. makes it, it makes it a lot more difficult because you, you you're just not going to have anybody pursuing this. And like that's not just pulling some sort of conspiracy theory out of your ass either. When Cuomo got busted for sexual assault, the uh, the head of the Human Rights Foundation. Uh, the Human Rights Foundation, the head of uh, Time's Up, people in the Me Too, were all advising Cuomo over the sexual assault people, or over the victims who were alleging sexual assault against him. So it's like there is a, a cushion of protection for these people at the top that isn't there for other people. Yeah, you know, we knew that Cuomo, already. his brother, was advising him on how he should talk to the media and stuff like that, covering his ass for him on the media. Yeah, I mean, you could even go back. I mean, this. I mean, it's not quite the same, but it's it's it still basically ended somebody's professional life. Uh, you know, even go back to the, the to the Monica Lewinsky scandal, right? Like, what was Monica Lewinsky was painted as a slut? You know, she was. You know, the, the media. Yeah, isn't that slut- funny how her career got ruined? Yeah, yeah. Like, and and like, even he- at the same time, that was kind of consensual, wasn't it? Do you think that was a, a a point of power? Like, he was the president. Well, look. It's portrayed as consensual. I don't believe Monica Lewinsky ever claimed that she was assaulted in any way. But I know that, you know, she, when she had, you know, kind of sought help when when that everything for, first kind of came out, you know, she did kind of mention the power dynamics. And of course, right? Like, that's that's a lot of what we talk about. Like, so like, was it was it technically sexual assault? you know, criminal sexual assault on the part of Bill Clinton? You know, probably not. But was it maybe de facto sexual assault because he did use his power to get, you know, a a young girl to give him a blowjob? I think you could argue that, yeah, it's at least de facto sexual assault. And, you know, she's the one who was slut-shamed. It was all her fault. You know, not not you know the the however old Clinton was at the time, the fifty something year old most powerful man in the world can't possibly be his fault, right? Right. Yeah. He was he as she's probably getting dragged to the dirt. He's hanging out on the Lolita Express on the way back. Yeah, it's, to, it's one of those Epstein's Island. It's one of those. Well, she shouldn't have worn such a short skirt. He wouldn't have come on to her. She just kept her legs closed. Right. Why'd she have to be so pretty? <laughs> it's not funny, but it is. Boys funny. will be boys. Right. That's the toxic masculinity Daisy should be talking about. Right. right. Not mental health. Piggybacking on what calling. we talked about last week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or the, that last week and the week before. Yeah. That's not keeping it light, Corey. We got to keep it light. That's not keeping it light. I'm sorry. CDC changes. CDC changed guidelines for recommendations for isolation, isolation for uh, quarantine for COVID-19. Does that yeah, make, five days. Does that make you happy? No more staycations. Is that good news? No more staycations for a bunch of people. Yeah, I have a friend who was <laughs> that came out on the last day of his 10-day stint. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck? His 10-day stint yeah, is personal COVID hotel. Yeah, isn't that kind of funny how arbitrary all that is? Just how the rules can just change? It's super arbitrary. Yeah. Like, there's no way they know. Like, all, all, all we know for sure is that it's a respiratory virus that spreads through the air. That's all we know. We don't know when yep. you're the most contagious. We don't know how you're the most contagious. We don't know Still what you're the most virus. contagious. But it, it, I find it super interesting that it's like, okay, Omicron is here. It is now, I believe now it is the dominant strain, correct? I could be wrong on that. I believe yeah, it has overtaken of Delta. Yeah. People of the tests. Which, you know, that's also another bullshit thing. I heard someone say that, like, if you want to know what variant you have, you have to pay extra money. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, they have to do like a specific like DNA test or RNA test so, or whatever it is of the of the of the so, specific. I don't know how it works, but yeah, they right. have to do like it's an extra test. It's all like a money grab, dude. Never mind doing it just for the sake of data collection. <laughs> it's got to pay for it. But what's interesting is. You know, let's just go ahead and say that that's true. We're not going to be weird conspiracy theorists of like maybe there's not actually different variants. You know, um, but oh no, I'm not. I'm not implying that. I'm just saying that like if someone wants to know personally, because I'm sure they already know because they're saying that people have it. But for them, because like obviously they're testing it because they say seven out of ten people have it. But if you want to know personally what dealt, what variant you had, you have to pay extra. Yeah, the arbitrary nature of the of this whole thing has always been super interesting. Um, you know, first it was masks don't work, masks do work, masks maybe work. Uh, that's super arbitrary. Like, do I wear a wet mask? When do I not wear a mask? And then now, now it's like, well, if you're asymptomatic, you have to quarantine for five days, and then if you go out, you have to wear a mask for another five days. It's, where, where are we coming up with these numbers? Let me see. Like, I'm just, pictu- know, I'm just picturing the. If you question, I'm just picturing the the Charlie Day meme of him in front of the whiteboard with all the lines across. <laughs> that does, yeah, that's right behind you. I'm sorry. It's right <laughs> you. Holy yeah, shit! The one right behind me. <laughs> the painting of it. That's right why behind I have you. that picture. I actually just to- posted something about that in regards to that, or I posted that a GIF of that, or a GIF. It's a GIF or GIF. Everyone always tells me something different. But I think it's GIF. Here's an interesting question. Graphic. But anyways, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to go off on my own little thing. Uh, I said just because we have a healthy skepticism of the gov- of, and question the government doesn't make us conspiracy theorists. Mm-mm. Just as just because I own tinfoil tin foil in my house doesn't mean I'm selling the tinfoil hats on Etsy. Like <laughs> We could question the government and not, not be a conspiracy theorist. It's actually theorist. not a bad idea for a nice grift, Corey. We should try that. Try selling tinfoil hats? Yeah. We can mold them. We could be like custom made, just for just, you. Send us in your. All you gotta do is measure your diameter. head. <laughs> custom make it for you. We'll use a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have well, different balloon sizes for different cranium sizes. Is here's an interesting question though, Corey. With with the changes, is this is this an admission by the CDC that Omicron? They would not phrase it this way, but I will. Is a good thing. As we've discussed, did we handle a virus so piss poorly that the v- virus itself is feeling bad that it's taking it easy on us? <laughs> yeah. Is that what's happening? And all the opportunities like, to kill all us right. all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fine, we'll go easy on you guys. <laughs> but no, I mean it's it's like what, uh, <laughs> it's like what Doctor Robert Malone said. He goes, "This is a." Uh, and plenty of other doctors like this is what viruses do. They just try to survive, and killing their host is actually not good for them. Yeah, because then that thing isn't moving around, and when the host dies, they die. Well, and and I, I think this I think this came from the CDC. It can be looked up. Um, definitely some sort of reputable source. Sorry, I don't have it right in front of me. Um, but apparently, the thing that is making uh, Omicron so much more virulent but less deadly is the way that it replicates. From what I understand, it replicates really well in the uh, in the bronchus, um, but not so well in the deep lung tissue. Okay, so that uh, you, you you don't you don't have to be a, a a biologist or a doctor to understand why it's probably better that a virus develops in the you know the the, the throat area that leads to the lungs as opposed to in the lungs itself. Deep lungs yeah. easier to cough up, cough out. All yeah, so you have stuff. so you have more virus that's a little more closer. A little more closer? Am I a little more? Okay. Um, to the place in which it actually ex- excretes from your body as opposed to being deep down. So you can you can see why you would spread more virus in this case and not get as, as ill, if that makes sense. I really botched that explanation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. It's like if it's a, deep in your lungs. It's like a bad plastic yeah. surgery, that ex- whole explanation was. You take the stuff and you put it in the nose, and you make it look different. <laughs> y- yeah. No, it's uh, uh, um, yeah. No, I mean, if it's if it's more on the surface of the body, it coming out it seems like it would be way more transmissible. More transmissible, less deadly. That's a good less thing. Deadly. I mean, is it? And, and, That's and a good thing. It's just, it seems like it's like a de facto admission from the CDC 
that like, all right, uh, yeah, we can't have fucking everybody home from work. (laughs) Right. Yeah. They're being really cautious about it when the way they're saying that, like they're being cautiously optimistic. I think like the, the, uh, the tone about Omicron, Omicron, even though they're still being like, Oh, a lot of people are getting it. And they're trying to paint that the underlying like tone of it is like, this ain't nearly as bad as Delta or the alpha one. We're, we we're we're slowly slowly climbing out of a pit of despair here just in time for the year 2022 to start some new shit storms that's why i'm dressed up dad it's the new year i complete dude i've been sitting here doing show prep with you for the last 2 hours i've completely forgotten you're wearing an abe lincoln hat and suspenders <laughs> it's my new year's garb man <laughs> <laughs> i'm bringing in the new year i always suit up for new years do you always wear a top hat? No, I'm not teasing. And I didn't really. <clears throat> I wish I had a no, fucking I know, top I, hat. I didn't realize how much I would look like Abraham Lincoln with this thing on, and it's shocking how much I don't look like him once I take it off. But <laughs> do you want a top hat, Dan? Yeah, Corey and I have some ideas for how to have some fun with this show, and I think the people, I think any any of our like four avid listeners. We'll really, really enjoy it. <laughs> really enjoy what we have planned for the future. I think so. All right, so we've established in the spirit of keeping it light, keeping it positive, keeping it fun as we head into 2022, Omicron is a good thing. That's what we're saying. And the CDC's even saying it. They're not saying it. It's like, let's go, Brandon, right? We're saying it, but we're not. That's actually really saying it. That's exactly like what it is. We're saying it, but not saying it. <laughs> and both, are yeah, because if it was stupid. as serious as the original thing, they wouldn't be like, ah, just stay home less, <laughs> right? Just make sure you put that mask on for an extra five days. Just, just Where are to our be good masks? sure. Huh? I'm surprised they still haven't sent out like good masks to anybody. They're just go on home, make a mask out of some. Uh, some cloth you found. Could it could it be because they don't work? I'm ju- I'm asking. I'm not saying. I'm just asking. Well, I think it's proven that like like the surgical masks and like the cloth masks that people are making and selling on like eBay and Etsy. You know the uh, the bandanas people are wearing and stuff like that. I don't think that really does shit. But like N95 masks, KN95 masks, yeah, respirators, fitted masks really do work. But when you got people like my dumbass walking around with a surgical mask with this beard that holds it out an inch from my face, all I'm doing is just leaving a bunch of space for shit to get in. And I'm not shaving my beard off, Dan. I won't do it. Ooh, could you imagine if that was the next mandate? In order to make masks fit better, men have been mandated to shave their beards. I will storm the goddamn Capitol. <laughs> <laughs> Me and all my bearded friends. <laughs> The Million Beard March on the Capitol. <laughs> the Million Mustache. Okay, just sit down, please. <laughs> oh, we're keeping it light here on this final episode of 2021. Of um, oh, shit. Where was I going to so, go next? Spreading positivity. Uh, spreading yeah, you positivity. know what, actually? Spreading positivity. Positive news. Positive dot news. You want to do that? You want to screen share? Do you want me to? I can hear it. No, okay. that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. I have too many. Here we are. So, side note, I think that this positive news might actually be a decent like source for more news. Maybe we have to institute a sort of positive news break in every episode. Yeah, we'll give some uh, some some love here to the website positive dot news. Uh, Corey pulled this from the society section. And it is, what went right in 2021, the top 26 good news stories of the year. I don't know if we're going to go through all of these. 365 days, and there's only 26 things. <laughs> <laughs> stop, stop. We're keeping it light. We're keeping it light. <laughs> That's enough. Put down the mic. Number one, Corey, there was hope. For stabilizing the climate. It was a massive year for climate and reminders about what's at stake came thick and fast. The IPCC's Code Red report, Siberian wildfires, heat domes, floods, alarm bells be- became a became deafening, but there were beacons of hope too. 
In January, the U.S., the world's second largest emitter after China, he had to throw that in there, uh, rejoined the Paris uh, Agreement, injecting fresh urgency into the climate conversation. So, basically, I'm not going to read the rest of it. Uh, the U.S. rejoined the Paris Climate Accord. I mean, I guess good thing. Like, I'm not going to not gonna shit on the U.S. for doing that. It's They never should have gotten out of it in the first place, so. Right. Uh, I think what the main thing that people were bitching about the climate uh, the Paris Climate Agreement is how much money America had to like drop in versus third world countries. But that was the whole point. The rich countries were going to help the poor countries stabilize themselves because we all live on the same planet. Or it's like, okay, you're the second largest. Em- like, shouldn't you pay more if you emit more? Like, doesn't that just kind of make sense? Or just use that money to take care of your emissions. I guess. Sorry. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Greta Thunberg called it a blah, blah, blah. (laughs) A blah, blah, blah event. Oh, God. We're not going to get into Greta Thunberg here on this show. I have a... Nah, she's just a girl who's going after a dream. I can't knock her for that. Yeah. She cares about the world. And then, you know, she was kind of used. We know that. Yeah, she being a political stooge by the left and being hated by the right. Sure. But... Before she got the clout, she was still just uh, protesting, going to school with signs sitting on the sidewalk. So, Corey, renewables had a record year. In January, a report revealed that for the first time, renewables generated more electricity than fossil fuels in Europe for the whole of 2020, a sign of how quickly wind and solar are scaling up. This, See, this one's interesting to me because it, it's great. It's, it is great positive news that renewables had a record year. In 2021, my only problem is I still think we're focused on the wrong source of power. I don't think there's enough talk about nuclear Ooh. because nuclear makes the most sense. And if you want to have a legitimate you know, opinion on how good or bad nuclear is for the planet, you just go look at the basic data. I hear I have a Coke can here. What does it okay. do? You, do you know what this Coke can represents? A uh, piece of plutonium. This Coke can represents the amount of nuclear waste that I personally would use in my lifetime. This is all I would produce in nuclear waste in an entire lifetime if I ran my life on nothing but nuclear power. So the 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 fear th- there's this weird like. Post world so times that by seven billion. Yeah, but even if you multiply this by seven billion, all you basically need is a is a football field stacked about fifty feet high to cover everybody that work that lives on the planet today. Like yeah, this stuff true. just doesn't take up very much space. You're when right. It, yeah, no, it's a uh, three mile island, and uh, Chernobyl really scared the shit out of everyone that something could go wrong, but. Granted, like how many people died from that versus how many people die from like, let's say climate change or like pollution from coal or not to mention the technology has gotten better. The issues that you hear of nuclear nuclear power plants in the past were always human error. Some dumbass. Yeah, yeah. Now we have computers and stuff that can correct that. I think that I think that in the U.S. we still have a law that we're not allowed to build any more nuclear plants ever since Three Mile Island in the seventies, right? And that needs to go away. Uh, yeah, and, and, and people people have this weird like Cold War fear of nuclear because when you say nuclear, people still for some reason like subconsciously think bomb. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, I mean, the, the data is available. Like you, you can go find it. It's super clean. It's super safe, and it's so much more efficient. It's 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 actually more clean and efficient than solar. Think about solar yeah, for a second. It's efficient, and well, I think I mean solar and wind are both very like clean, but. When it comes to power, we want consistency as well. But and even if there's a day that's cloudy or a day that's not windy. Like those are arguments that the climate change activists try to like just go. Off. But those are actually legitimate concerns. I'd like when it's really rainy and shitty outside and cold. I want to be in my house, snuzzled up with my heat going and playing video games. I don't want to be worried about my power source not being able to collect power because the. Uh, the sun isn't hitting the solar panels. Now the argument back to that is, well, we have to figure out a way to store energy, which I think Elon Musk has the greatest idea of putting giant battery cells on people's houses. 
but uh yeah no nuclear energy is definitely something that i think should be having a second look at even cleanliness though um yeah think about uh solar power for example what happens when those solar panels wear out when they break they have to be replaced now where do those things go they go to the fucking landfill they take up a giant amount of space in landfills that's true same with wind and, and windmills and windmills kill a lot of birds and make a loud noise like woo woo woo. <laughs> at least that's what my at least that's what my president told me. <laughs> They're really annoying. Look, no, it, right. like, and like I said, we're keeping it positive. Like those are good things, but I I still personally believe I think solar is nice on a small scale. I think wind is small nice on a small scale. I think the answer. I have no I have no problem saying this, and I will have this debate with anyone. I think the answer is nuclear so good news good step in the right direction nuclear is still the better way to go i agree uh controversial fossil fuel projects were axed at least for now as a transition that's that's pretty that's pretty self-explanatory president biden pulled the plug on the keystone pipeline which i mean eh, there's a really good argument to be made that that's not a good thing, but we're trying to keep it positive. <laughs> trying to keep <laughs> well, it positive. Well, that pipeline, it was the it was for like uh, oil byproducts, I think, like for like making plastics and stuff. It wasn't even for crude oil. Yeah, and then it's then that's actually the interesting th- thing too. Just to, I'm actually going to put a positive spin on even fossil fuel consumption, which is that if you think about historically the uh, the the, the way that we've progressed when it comes to fossil fuels, right? So like wood was kind of the original fuel, right? You go back a long, you go back a thousand years ago, wood was how was the fuel that people used to heat their homes, to cook their food. That is remarkably emissions rich. It's not good for obviously uh, to, to cut down all that timber, right? It's yeah. remarkably inefficient. So then we moved to coal. Now coal Actually, before coal, we went to whale blubber. Ah, uh, yes, especially in Which northern, arguably, northern, maybe we nor- should do that. Northern region. <laughs> maybe we should go back to whale oil. You want to kill the whales? I'm just kidding. Yeah, we don't have enough whales. Uh, so, <laughs> but you move you move on to you move on to coal, which is more efficient, a little bit cleaner, still not very clean, but obviously a little bit cleaner. And even the technology that we've we've produced for coal. Has gotten has made it a li- even a little bit cleaner burning still. Problem is, you basically have to destroy an entire mountain range to harvest the stuff, and it still doesn't burn very Kill clean. A bunch of people that make it with the black lung. Of course, a lot of people die in its in its in making it. So then you move to oil, again cleaner burning, a little bit easier to access. Uh, still not enough, of course. Still a fossil fuel. Then you move on to natural gas. Even cleaner, even easier to get, based on technology, of course. I think if it was 1800, we probably wouldn't really have an efficient way of uh, collecting uh, natural gas. But like the progression of the way that we use, quote-unquote, fossil fuels, even throughout human history, Corey, has gotten better. So why would it not continue to keep getting better? Right, and it, and it will, like incrementally. Like, like as evidenced by what this article was just saying, I think in Michigan too, we had a day where all of Michigan was powered by windmills last year, wasn't it? Was it, was it all of Michigan was powered by windmills or enough power was produced? Uh, <laughs> uh, hello? I don't know. Is this thing on? <laughs> <laughs> it was one or the other, but we had a day where we were running on all renewable energies, I think, or something like that. That's great. That's a great step in the right direction. But I pay the extra four bucks a month just so most of my energy is green energy. Dan, what do you do? Oh, uh, nothing. He's like, I burned my trash in the backyard. What do you want from me? No, but what I am considering, <laughs> my girlfriend doesn't know about this yet, but I'm thinking about building a man shed with a golf simulator in the back in the backyard, and I'm going to power that motherfucker on solar. Nice. That's my idea. I'm like, I've I've been looking into it. I'm like, ah, for like twenty three hundred dollars, I get a couple solar panels and a battery, and I can power the whole shed, and I can go play as much golf as I want, guilt free in my own backyard. Nice. Marissa, Marissa doesn't know about this yet, and she doesn't listen to the show, so we're good. 
<laughs> it's, a, it's a surprise for her. As like, long as I let her. I know you love. As long as you want to play golf. I do in the winter time, especially. I'm 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 itching. Uh, vaccines brought hope when it came to COVID. Is there much to say there? Uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, it's, um, it gives us like the way this, like, I think it actually says it in towards the bottom, but like the way this vaccine is like the potential for MRNA has the ability to cure so many other things. Uh, what was uh, it? Yes. Uh, the military just came out with their own MRNA vaccine that's supposed to, uh, attack any SARS or COVID virus. So we're talking about anything in the SARS family. Like actual SARS. Yeah, and, and also, you know, there there's 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 talk of mRNA technology being good for cancers and and things like that. So as politicized as this thing's has been for for COVID nineteen, how well does it work? How long does it work? How many pokes are we gonna have to get? How much power has been given to the to is going to be given to the government based on mandates, all the negative things that we hear, uh there there actually is like some positive things about the mRNA technology that are essentially irrefutable. Yeah. Like, I think we're going to see a lot of, a lot of stuff like, like this technology overall for being implemented to people is pretty new. As time goes on, I think we're going to see a lot of remarkable things in the health and industry field or the health industry field of our country. Based on this technology. Now, based on this technology, the only thing that scares you, I know we're keeping it light, but the only thing that scares you is there's always a grift involved, and it will be politicized somehow. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Speaking of bridges, alternative therapies showing promise. This is your wheelhouse here, Corey. You like this one. (laughs) Research. I do. But we did skip over the uh, Ebola was put into check. A bunch of epidemics. Yeah, other viruses were kicked into touch. This is how you can tell this was from uh, a European publication other viruses were kicked into touch oh yeah 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 <laughs> i'm skipping a um, few alternative therapy showed promise that's really cool i like how that's actually getting put into place because things like psychedelics there's more and more evidence showing that that can be used for mental health and mental therapy um it's a way to meet god you want to meet god <laughs> you take you take some psychedelics basically uh, society taking psychedelics more seriously, right? As far as their medicinal value, not just because you want to go to Mars, but because it might actually help you with physical and and mental ailments. Uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> yeah, it's my son. He's at the door. That's all right. Invite him in. Um, it's 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 spreading positivity. <laughs> I'm trying to stay happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So right here, the medical advancements. Uh, the malaria vaccine was approved. Potential to save thousands of lives in Africa. A breast cancer vaccine trial launched in the U.S. A brain-reading computer software allowed a paralyzed man to compose sentences for a compu- on a computer for the first time. HIV jabs were approved for use in Britain, negating for daily pills. A game-changing brain cancer drug showed promise, and whole genome sequencing was found to improve rare disease. So, do you know this? This HIV thing is interesting because do you do you and, and that that even just contributes to the positivity, right? Like, let's think about yeah. HIV for a second. Twenty years ago, it was a death sentence. Uh, well, maybe not mm-hmm. twenty. Thirty years ago, it was a death sentence. If you got HIV, you were yep. going to die. You, there, there was nothing. Yep, it's only a matter of time. Then Magic Johnson got it, and everybody was cured. <laughs> the medical advancements when it comes to HIV have been it's it's almost like I don't want to I don't want to trivialize it this much but it almost feels like HIV doesn't even fucking matter anymore because it's almost like it has obviously it has not been eradicated but it feels like it has does that make sense you don't hear about yeah, it yeah it's not even from when we were kids till now the way we heard about it when we were kids yeah, and like, and you know, I'm 33. When I had sex ed in the the fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, it was still like this horrible thing. Like, don't have sex because yeah. you might get HIV and die. Yep, yep, yep. Um, another thing I saw in there, this whole genome sequencing that was found to improve rare disease diagnosis. 
So what they're doing now is they're using the same type of technology. So mRNA is based on CRISPR, and CRISPR is what's being used about all these other different things that we're talking about right now. And so they're able to genomes, they're able to grab some of your DNA and look at the genome sequence and spot rare diseases instead of spending years doing just testing. Well, that wasn't it. That wasn't it. They can now find it faster and help you and help cure you of your disease faster. I'm skipping a few so, of these. I mean, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's, well, I'm skipping a few of them because a lot of it's about being more socially progressive and. Uh, Which overall is a good thing. It, it, it's but we good, all know that that's happening. You uh, wouldn't think it was the way people act, but yeah, I mean, uh, social progress index. Uh, strengthening, started strengthening, nations. strengthening LGBTQ rights around the world. All good yeah. things. Which here we pretty much have here. Yeah. But like there's other countries that like, like I, which one thing I just found out, Switzerland finally said yes to same-sex marriage, which, which actually seems, shocked me. That seemed, yeah, you would think that Switzerland would be one of the nations that would do it first because they're neutral on fucking everything. But I actually, as as I've, I've learned a little bit more about, you know, Switzerland and their social politics, they're actually a remarkably conservative country. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't think that. When nope. it comes to their neutrality, but you would think that based on their fiscal acumen, historically, they fucking hid Nazi money, so they got no shame. Right. <laughs> but yeah, like Montenegro, Botswana, like all these third world countries are decriminalizing homosexuality and allowing same-sex, par- same-sex partnerships. Like, that's a big deal. That's good for the LGBTQ community. It's it's easy to get mundane about, their, about that uh, community here in America because it's like, okay, guys, you know, like we're giving you all the opportunities anyone else has. Well, yeah. And it's, but in it's the even world, like, there's even, still people that are like hung because they like another guy. Well, then you, you look at the, you look at the, uh, the other side of that to where like the rates of, uh, transgender folks in places like Iran is a great example have skyrocketed. And it's because LGBTQ rights are so they don't exist in a, in a theocracy like Iran. So what happens is, well, if you, if you're gay, well, all you have to do is convert and or convert uh, transition and be a woman. It's it, right. they, they, they're more accepting of 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 being trans because being gay is seen as is still seen as an abomination uh, in in a theor- in a theocratic Islamic country like Iran. Isn't that interesting? It's super it interesting. It's it's actually something I would like to look into a little bit more. I, I I only know the basics of it, but there actually is an incredible amount of men transitioning in Iran because they're gay and they're not allowed to be gay. So it's it's almost like this weird quandary. Like think about being in that situation. You know, if you're if you're in a in a theocratic Islamic state like Iran and you're gay. And you have the choice between either pretending to be straight or just pretending to be a woman. Which one are you choosing? Yeah. Exactly. Super interesting. I probably Number just said 10. that in a way that people would accuse me of being a transphobe, but I don't really care. I'm just spitballing here. No, but like, yeah, you're not going to be looked at dressed up as a woman there as you would walking around being gay, I guess. is what. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's, in that society, it makes sense. No it's, isn't it weird that it makes sense? It shouldn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, indigenous people are finally getting their first shake. Australia pledged to pay reparations to indigenous Australians, which is interesting because countries like Canada and Australia treated indigenous people there just as bad as America did. Yeah. They just seem to be coming to terms with it a lot faster than we are. Yeah, we are. Whatever we Ch- gave Canada them. has to because they keep finding uh, Indian burial grounds. Whatever we gave the them that really nice plot of land in the center of Oklahoma, Corey. I mean, come on. What more do you want? And then just kept chipping away. That's at it. a joke. <laughs> uh, female representation. Um, Progress in female what? representation. Yeah, in places like Estonia and Honduras, Samoa, Sweden, Tanzania, and Tunisia. I mean, that's like, again, these third world countries, socially, the progressivism in those countries are getting more of a fair shake. Like, you're finally seeing a tide turn. Like, in America, I think we're at the peak of like our social progressivism. We're starting to see like, like the break of the tide, you know, the break of the wave. Yeah. So we're like, all right. 
we get it, but please let us still make jokes. You yeah. know, like it's uh, you know, like the moral compass here has been very, very recalibrated, in my opinion, in the right direction of being more tolerant for people and things like that. But now you're seeing that bleed into these third world countries, which I think is actually good news. In some of these some some of these countries that don't even like comedy. I'm kidding. Yeah, right. I'm, just, I'm just kidding again. Jesus. <laughs> Guys, stop. He's kidding. <laughs> racial diversity. Uh, more progress in racial diversity. The most diverse Oscar nominee list. Uh, this one is, I mean, it's it's nice. However, when I look at something like, I don't really give a shit about Oscar nominees, honestly. Like, I, it, it, I'm, 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 I don't really understand why that's the first thing that's mentioned here. It's like, you know, whoever makes the best movie should win the fucking Oscar. Like, I don't, I don't really care about that. But what I care more about is, you know, the uh, sp- spreading racial diversity in uh, in other areas. I don't really give a shit about Hollywood, to be honest with you. I don't know if that right. makes me it's an its asshole. Own, it's its own beast. Yeah. Um, a multinational took a class inequality, which is a we were talking about that actually a little bit when you were mentioning uh, poverty rates have just declined over time. Yeah, steadily, and we'll get to that. Uh, um, I, I do G- like this. Wales announced that Black History lessons are uh, mandatory in schools. That's excellent. However, I think we need more of that here. Yeah, we're not talking critical race theory because no one even knows what that means. We're talking about actual Black history. I think it's fair that we share Black history in our country, like we do white history. Let's have a different perspective. You're, you're a better person if you have more perspective. And I think it's going to be ever change my mind. Otherwise, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be. It, it's so much easier to understand the racial dynamic in the United States both positively and negatively, if you understand more of the actual history, right? Yeah. And America is a unique place, too, because like we're not a monolithic country like a Sweden or a Switzerland. Like We are the melting pot. And we actually have like like a lot, probably more than anywhere else in the world. I mean, you would have to say more than anywhere else in the world. We have more negative racial history than probably anywhere else in the world. And I think it's okay to reconcile that. I don't think we should be, you know, I don't think anybody should be bullied into, you know, when we we talk about, you know, racial wokeism and whatnot, I I don't think anybody should be bullied into having a certain opinion on certain things. But like, like a a great example is like uh, the uh, Confederate statues, like, you know, gun to my head, should they be torn down? Sure, because I know the context in which they were built. But at the end of the day, half the time, you know, when I'm walking through Washington, D.C., I don't fucking know what statue I'm looking at. Like, I just don't think that's... You don't read the plaques? No, I don't... I'm walking right past <laughs> them. I don't get so pissed because I stop and read every single... Like, we'll be on a nature trail in the middle of nowhere, and it'll be something about a tree or something. I'm like, oh, what's this? Say? But in a place like DC or a place like Atlanta, with with you know, you know, especially in in areas that you have have these statues in the Jim Crow South, like I'm not like I'm not paying attention to what statue I'm walking past. And so, like, gun to my head, hey, uh, tear them down or burn everything to the ground. I mean, yeah, tear them down. I, I just, I, I think that these things should be talked about in a civilized way and they're not there's just there's just too much screaming going on too much yelling back and forth at each other and i i i think that actual i'm not talking about critical race theory but actual racial education in the united states long long way just helps people understand and and i know that because i had more of it than my parents did and I'm right. sure I'm 33 years old. I'm sure the kids that are in high school now have more of it than I did. Now I I have chosen, and not everybody does this, but I have chosen. You know, post graduating high school, I'm I like to learn about these things. So I've 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 gone out on my own and and learned more. But not everybody does that. And right. so there is there there still is a ton of ignorance even amongst our generation. There's a lot. So the G7 backed a deal to tax multinationals. This one I'm actually super uh, excited about. So all the G7 countries, which is what? uh, UK, France, Italy, Germany, Japan, Canada, and the US. Used to be Russia, but they got kicked out. They're saying that any country that does dealings in those seven countries 
or any company that does dealings in those seven countries has to pay a 15% tax. That's not very free market of you, Corey. No, but it's just, it's creating a fair deal. You know what I mean? Like now jobs aren't going to be able to leave here to go over to another country for a lower tax rate. Oh, what else we got? We're getting towards the, the end. The UK team big tech to protect children online. That's fair. I like that. We were just talking about suicide rates among women going up or among teen, among teen women going up. And I'm sure that things like Instagram play a big factor in that. Uh, basic incomes went mainstream. Now, this is, this is controversial. I mean, I'm sure there are people that would read that and go, well, that's not positive news. That's going to that's gonna uh, take away incentives. Nobody's going to want to work anymore. But the de- according to this article, I haven't actually looked into the numbers here, but according to this article, uh, the opposite was true um, when it comes to experimental basic incomes in other countries. And I believe there was also, yeah, Stockton, California. Um, uh, there was good news. Far from disincentivizing workers, uh, as naysayers would put forth, people on the in- on this income found full-time work at more than twice the rate of non-recipients. They also reported significant improvements uh, in, in mental health. And I mean, there is something to be said about that when it comes to basic income, right? Like if I don't have to worry about whether or not I'm going to be able to pay my mortgage and feed my family, I feel like I'm going to be more creative. I feel like I'm going to be right. yeah, exactly. better at work. You know, We could put that $1,000 into uh, advertisements for Libservative. Yeah. yeah. And it's only experimental. Nations, yeah. And I'm curious to see where that goes to. Nations flirted with the shorter work week. That is, oh my God. I absolutely love this because I yeah, have. I mean, as we get more into automated production and stuff, humans don't need to work as many hours. I have been a proponent of saying that. And I, I'm very, very fortunate. The job that I have is extraordinary, extraordinarily flexible. And most people don't have that, but I, I have thought we are the absolute most overworked, underpaid nation in the entire world, and I think that has a lot to do with yeah. with with poor mental health, poor, f- and, and, poor, poor physical health, Corey, poor physical health. There's graphs that prove that up until the 70s in America, as production went up, so did wages, and then right around the 70s, they kind of like what's that called a uh, a a K a K graph mm-hmm. where one goes up, one goes down. That's what it's been looking like since the seventies. Production has skyrocketed, but wages have not kept up. Let me ask you this question. And I know that uh, most Americans, I mean, I, who am I saying? What, what am I talking about? I don't know people, um, but it feels like most Americans would not want this. If there was just a day of the week, if you want to make it religious and call it Sunday, fine. There was just a day of the week where everything was closed. I mean, everything was closed. Grocery stores included. Movie used theaters. To be on Sundays. Everything was closed, and you just had to sit the fuck at home. It might be good for everyone's mental health. I would love it, dude. I would love it. I would, I would grab a cigar. I would head over to your place or another friend's place. I'd enjoy a cigar. I'd make sure I bought my beer on Saturday. We'd have a it good used time. to be like that in Michigan until just recently. Remember, they didn't like up until like 15 years ago. You didn't sell alcohol on Sunday in Michigan, and then it was changed to you couldn't buy it before noon on Sunday, and then now you can <laughs> buy it anytime. Well, no, I'm sorry, you, you, st- you still can't buy it between 2 a.m. and whatever it is, six or seven a.m. That, but that's every day of the week. Yeah. So these next four are all kind of, or the next three are all together. So, like, a lot of species are coming back from the brink. Yep. We're saving endangered species. They're all coming off of lists. And the protected areas in the world have been increased. So now there's more protected land. We got things like the, the tuna, Siberian tigers, European bison, antelope are all uh, – there was one in here about uh, the pandas. There it is. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's – things are finally getting better for oh, – gray wolves are being – Tasmanian devils, animals that we thought were, like, gone. Or going to be well, t- Tasmanian devils. The, the interesting one I read, I read the Tasmanian devil one. I was like, well, that's kind of weird because humans didn't really have anything to do with that. They uh, they uh, procreated on the mainland of Australia for the first time in three thousand years. <laughs> yeah, they were originally on Tasmanian Island or whatever, but Tasmania, then they're all off yeah. of the island. 
And then um, there's it, this isn't even mentioned here, but the possibilities of of bringing back extinct species are becoming more and more real. And I yeah, think about that's a little I, scary though. Are we gonna be playing God? Like, what's what if some species are gone because they're like supposed to be? Dude, I don't know. Like, I think about what did, uh, Jeff Goldblum and Jurassic Park say when they brought everything back. Life, uh, just finds life a way. Uh, finds a way. I, 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 but I, I, I have weird feelings about certain species i am so i'm the weirdest person in the world when you when you, you want you, a woolly mammoth no dude i'm talking about the thalassine man i'm talking about the tasmanian tiger that's been extinct since i believe the 1920s and there's there's very rare footage of this creature and i i honestly like i watch footage of it i'm like that thing is well, fucking that what cool they're just talking about the tasman oh the tasmanian devil yeah that's oh, the, the Tas- that's yeah, the little yeah. thing that's the little rat looking thing the tasmanian tiger looks like a dog but it's a marsupial. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, and it has uh, tiger stripes on it. it I've looks seen those old videos of it. So cool! I'm like obsessed with that with that creature. Right. It's sad to see like that and like the dodo. Shout out to Robbie Robertson. The dodo's the dodo's been gone for like 200 animal. years though. But yeah, but same thing. There's still enough time for like photos and stuff, and it's like, how are these things around? And they're just not anymore. I like this one. Lab grown meat hit a milestone. You know, I'm probably gonna till the day I die eat. Uh, regular meat, but the fact that this is happening, there's going to be a bunch of people that are going to hop on this train, and that's going to help with uh, CO2 emissions and stuff like that. So, like, I'm all for that. If people want to eat that, then go for it. The animal rights people are going to be a fan of it. The vegans are going to be a fan of it. Uh, look, if you can present me a steak, one is a cut piece of beef from an actual cow, and one is from a lab, and I look at it, you don't tell me which is which. We're talking about a blind cutting here. If you're telling me you can present one and the other, I can look at it. It looks the same. I can cook it. It cooks the same. I can eat it, and it eats the same or close to where I can't tell the difference. I'll buy the lab-grown meat. I have no issue with that. And, by the way, but the the, the nutrient richness has to be the same as well. Like, if you're presenting me a steak that cooks, eats, and tastes the same, but it doesn't give me the same nutrients as the cow... It's, right. it's got to provide that as well. But other than that, yeah. it, but, it, but if it did all four of those things, I would be completely on board to buying lab-grown meat. I would yeah, have no like issue if, with like it. Like if they put two in front of you and said, guess which one, and you couldn't tell, then I, I could give two shits left. But if it's done like 3D printer style and you can see a bunch of weird layers in it, I'm going with the real steak every time. Agreed. 100%. Another one that I think is great, the right to repair movement made strides, or the right to repair movement. Where people, like, they want to make it to where now you buy electronics and stuff. It's not just buy and then replace. Right. They want to make it to where, like, you if you own something, you have the right to repair it. And then they have to make uh, supply parts and stuff like that. Like, imagine how many jobs that's going to create. People that are going to be repairing, like, ho- home appliances, like, small electronics. Like, we already we already see those uh, those storefronts for, like, phone repair places. But now even Apple has to agree has agreed to make parts and tools available to fix so people can fix their own phones. And and it and it, it is as far as the uh, climate change discussion goes or the environmentalist discussion goes, yeah, like you're, you're lowering your carbon footprint because instead of just throwing out a washer and buying a new one, you're repairing your original washer. Yep. They, and that's the way that it always used to be, right? You always remember your yeah. grand you, you remember your grandpa when you were a little kid in the in the oh, yeah. in, in the in the laundry room fixing a dryer, cursing at it, throwing parts across the room. I miss those yeah, like days, was, Corey. Uh, what was in uh, the movie Grand Torino? What does Clint Eastwood give the kid? He goes, This is what every house needs, and it was I think like duct tape, a vice grip, and uh or duct tape, a pair of vice grips, and uh some channel locks, I think, or an adjustable wrench. He goes, "This is, or in a hammer or something." He goes, "This is what you need to fix most of the stuff in your house." Yeah, and and I feel like there's so many folks out there that don't I, I, because of the buy and replace, you know, nature of things. Nobody feels the need to learn how to fix anything anymore. You know, and it, I don't mean to sound like the old man of kids just don't want to learn. It's not that they, I don't think it's that they don't want to, it's that they just don't have to. And it, and, and, and in, in a lot of cases, they can't. Like, you can't fix right. these things. You, they I like how cycling's so taken a boom. I'm sorry, I'm rushing us a lot. We're almost at our hour here. No, you're good. We're almost done. Yeah. Cities geared, up for, geared up for a revolution. cycling revolution. That's another great thing for the uh, climate change. People are riding their bikes again. These things called cargo bikes where people are moving around. Like they're, they're finding that going back to bikes is more efficient in these large cities and moving stuff around, like short deliveries and stuff like that. Yeah, because you're not stuck in traffic. 
And then my, one of my favorite ones, number 25, low-carbon air travel. We're bringing blimps back, buddy. We're going to see more of the Led Zeppelin covers happening soon. It scares the shit out of me. Like, I've, I've always looked We're at riding blimps. in a blimp? I've always looked at blimps and been like, oh, God, what if a bird pops a hole in the side of that thing? <laughs> <laughs> I think they're actually metal. I think yeah. they are, too. But it just looks like a balloon in the sky. It does. Uh, progressive Prison Nation, reform. Prisons. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's 25 things that, like, you wouldn't even know were happening in our country because most of the media is doom and gloom. Corey? Like, I was actually shocked about some of this stuff. I was pretty excited about it. Yeah, this this, this was, you know, super positivity. I mean, we can leave it right here and let this be the way we end our year. You can save your monologue for next week if you would like. It's my, my monologue's about the new year, so I'm going to read it. Then let's roll with it. We actually have, before you okay. do, we, we do have some more... Uh, positivity things that are a little more centrally focused what i think Corey and i will do is we will save that for the first episode of the new year there are things about good. climate change and poverty uh something that i've dug- got to look forward to yep for the following year something that i've uh, right. dug deeply into so go ahead and we will leave the folks to end their 2021 on a positive note <sighs> new year new me It's the new year, new me season. Soon we'll see the expression plastered all over social media, and usually I scoff at the phrase as it pops up time and time again, and I know I'm not alone. You see it made into punchlines of jokes, memes, and stand-up bits. This year, however, has been an especially hellish one for all of us. Anecdotally, I've been to more funerals this year than any year of my life that I can remember, or want to remember for that matter. And I know that anecdotal evidence is easily replicated, or, and I know that that anecdotal evidence is easily replicated on a macro scale. Don't get me wrong, there's been plenty of good things that have happened to me, us, and the world in general, and that has moved mankind in the right direction incrementally. What may feel like a no man's land in a World War I trench style warfare in the European theater, we the people are moving the needle of progress in the right direction. As rough as this year has been for all of us, there's something envious of the bookend of the final countdown brings to an end of a year that was full of highs and lows, happiness and sadness, and loss and gain. A weird placebo effect on the brain that allows us to say, whew, what a wild year that was, huh? A comforting new year comes in with the promise of freshness, aspirations, and new growth, and at the stroke of midnight, we'll pop the champagne and sing, Auld Lang Sing, to our best ability because no one knows the words. Out with the old and in with the new is another motto that's eked its way into our daily vernacular. Is a, and it's a mantra chanted as people hung over from the festivals the night before clean up empty bottles and trash left behind from the party prior that was orchestrated to tell 2021 to bite the curb. Marinating on which New Year's resolutions they are going to follow and which ones were just for show, a weird feeling of new quickly fades when the next speed bump hits us in the new year as hopes of a new year being different fade into a realization that it is no different for the for it is the same as the years even decades before. But whose fault is that? Biden's? Trump's? The Illuminati? Whose fault it is that time and time again, year after year, we fall into the same self-centered ruts where we just days before on the earth completed a yet another scoot around the sun? Is it ours? Mine? Yours? Are we setting bars too high for ourselves to make ourselves look good to others? Ourselves? Maybe instead of a grandiose plan of changing the world while we quit smoking and lose 30 pounds, we just show some compassion and understanding to each other. Be more tolerant of how others live their lives and their opinions, even if you don't agree. The world is too big to change by yourself, but if you change how you treat the others sharing it with you, then collectively we can make this rock a little less turbulent and more enjoyable as we get hurled through space at 67,000 miles per hour. A word I try to keep at the forefront of my mind in this in this in the desperate endeavors of attempting to be a better person is Sonder. The definition of Sonder is the realization that each and random passerby is living a life as vivid and complex as your own. If we all just took a second to let that sink into our subconscious, we might be better off for it. So Dan, I have a toast for us. So here's a glass to New Year's past and a toast to making 22 the most. Raise them high for those we miss and try to smile when we reminisce. Happy New Year's. Happy New Year's, everyone. It's a new year and a new me. I can't dance and drink at the same time. Facebook's going to pull us down for you.
Find us on Facebook at uh, Facebook Podcast. We're on, we're on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Libservative Pod. Uh, we are at Libservative Podcast at WordPress.com. We are on Twitch at Libservative. Uh, like, follow, share. If you hear anything on the show that you like, make sure you tell a friend that you heard it. And we got some Happy fun things, everyone. We got some fun things coming up here in 2022. Corey and I have some fun ideas. 2022 is our year, Dan. Oh, don't say it. Don't you dare <laughs> say it. Thank you for listening to Libservative. He's been Corey Walsh. He's been Dan Griffin. And we are out of here. Crank that shit. Oh, crank it. I was going to fade out. <laughs> now you can fade out. What's your pleasure?